Hi, I'm Frank. I don't like change. And I just saw a billboard for this new BJ's Wholesale Club talking about up to 25% off grocery store prices. Oh, really? What's wrong with paying full price, huh? No, sir. I would not join BJ's Wholesale Club. Let's agree to disagree, Frank. Say you do want to sign up to get a $40 digital BJ's gift card. Join the new BJ's Wholesale Club, opening soon in New Albany. Visit bj's.com slash newalbany or the BJ's Membership Center on North Hamilton Road. Limited time offer, new members only. Donica Strange Riscano, author, speaker, and community leader, comes to you today with Recapture, the weekly program that gives a biblical perspective on living a Christ-centered life as you walk through your recovery journey. Our focus is providing healing for the family with love, knowledge, forgiveness, and information. Hello, sunshine. Thank you for being a part of Recapture. We talk about it every week to recover those things that have been lost or stolen. I'm glad that you're listening again on the radio, online, or through our podcast. Have you subscribed? Yes, go and subscribe, www.kkht.com. Look for programs and podcasts and find Recapture so that you can go and listen and get information over and over and over again and be a part of our news as we share great information on your recovery journey, supporting those in your life that has been in recovery and walking a journey. And I'm so excited that you are a part of it. Yay. Did you go and like the Patricia Ann Strange Diamond Celebration Facebook page? Have you visited our website, www dot ps diamond celebration dot com subscribe so that you can get all of the information about our journey about recapture radio about the diamond celebration organization itself and also we said leave a comment because if you listen last week i'm giving you some little bit of information and instructions because we have something that's going on anyone that likes these couple of steps likes our Facebook page, subscribes and leaves a comment, give us a comment for that person, your information. But it's so that you can enter, get yourself entered into a chance to have uh, your mom or your wife or the love in your life to get a uh, pampering experience, a spa experience for Mother's Day. So anyone who does that now through May 7th will be entered in. And that person will be announced on the radio on May 8th. So now through May 7th, but then on May 8th, we announced the person who is going to get that awesome thing for the Mother's Day holiday. Uh, thank me later, because guess what? Just like Valentine's Day, somebody's going to be going to the store on Sunday morning and getting a card and... I'm a hard taskmaster. I I I don't want to plan. Uh-uh. I I'm I don't have a green thumb. I'm not trying to plan anything. Don't give me a plan. Uh, yes, you can give me something just because because you love me because I'm your mom. Hello kids. I know you're listening. Right? Just just because because you love someone. So you do those things. You get yourself entered into a chance to Celebrate the person in your life, the person that you call mom. And where I'm from, we have spiritual moms. Oh, my goodness. So I get to say on the radio to my spiritual mom, Donna Rollins, I love you. 
Thank you for being in my life. You have a a mom who birthed you, but sometimes you have a spiritual mom. Miss Donna is my spiritual mom, and she's she has supported me in my life, and I love her to pieces. And so I'm excited to be on the journey with you that somebody, when you do those little things, that someone in your life is going to be celebrated. And all you did is do those little few steps. Um, so we're going to, we're going to talk about, um, because we talk about recovery, because we share information in the body of Christ about people that may not seem perfect. They may seem like they're on the outlines, on the fringes. They're not welcome in our circles. We're all cleaned up and dust off and looking cute and pretty. And depending on where you go, some people may not dress up anymore at church, especially during the environment that we're in. We're, we're watching church uh, at home, um, right? But when you go to service, do you get all dressed up? Do you wear hats? Do you wear suits? Or do you wear your sandals and flip-flops and go on to service? And even still, those people are not fitting in. We're going to talk about that today. Uh, there's a woman. Do you know the story of the woman at the well in John chapter 4? Uh, the woman at the well was of, just jumping right in to the conversation, people, today. The woman at the well was of mixed race. The Samaritans were considered and this is a very inappropriate word today. It wouldn't be used. The woman at the well was considered to be a half-breed, but we wouldn't say that today. Um, because the Samaritans, they were considered to be what they would say. I don't even know what, I don't even want to say it. I don't even know what used to replace it. They were considered to be half-breeds and ceremonially impure. The Jews did not fellowship with them. And so that's how that's how we are when we are around people that are different than we are, that we don't understand their struggles and we don't understand who they are. We don't identify with them. We don't fellowship with them. Ooh, I heard so-and-so about that person. And now we're getting into conversations where we're, we're gossiping. But we don't want to have a fellowship. We don't have a relationship we have given them a label. Isn't that an awful label to say of someone that they were they were considered half-breeds? And so the Jews said that they wouldn't have fellowship with them. And so also for the woman, and we're going somewhere with this, also for the woman at the well, um, why is it important that she was a Samaritan? A Samaritan woman, she came to draw water, and Jesus came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Uh, at You know, from reading the story, his disciple had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. And so... When we are engaging with people, when we're engaging with people that are different than us, is that the person's response? How are you engaging with me, an alcoholic, a drug addict, a gambler, a prostitute? 
an adulterer, a fornicator. How are you engaging with me, a sinner? The person shouldn't shouldn't be shouldn't feel that way. They should feel welcome and loved and embraced by us. It shouldn't be a shock that you said, "Hey, how can I support you?" In this case, the woman was like, "Uh, Jesus." Um, how are you talking to me? We we are not supposed to be together. You're not supposed to be talking to me because I'm a Samaritan. But on the reverse end, are people experiencing the love of Christ from you? Are they surprised? Are they taken aback? Or should are they saying things like, "I I I knew you were a Christian. I knew that a Christian would come." and offer support, and offer help to me. That's what it should be when we see those people that we deem, or which we should not, deem the person unclean or unworthy. Oh, they did. They're doing this or they're doing that. Nope. We should go and have fellowship. The Bible does talk about coming out from among them and be separate, but we also have a responsibility that we offer ministry to people. And so the lady was at the well, and Jesus said, give me drink. Don't you know who Jesus knew who she was? Sometimes we're making assumptions about people, but we don't really know their true story. Jesus knew who she was, and he said, give me drink. Samaritans claims they're, they're of Israelite descendants of the Northern Israelite tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh, that uh, Ephraim and Manasseh, there's two sons of Joseph. And they survived the destruction of the kingdom of Israel by the Assyrians in 722 BCE. So what I would say to you, that, the Samaritans said that they were of the Israel people and they identified who they were among, but the Jewish people didn't accept them as that. Why is this important? Because the woman at the well, she was no angel. She has sins. But I was listening to a song on the radio, and the song said that, I'm just going to say that, I think the title of the song, I won't say the lyrics, the, the song said, all of the things that you have gone through, Jesus has made you flawless, right? So the woman at the well had things going on in her life, And Jesus ministered to her. And that is our role. Nobody's perfect. Our role is to offer ministry to other people and offer a light, be a light and be a witness and offer hope to them in their darkest moments, in their darkest hours, whether we really know the true story or not. And I think that is so significant because we do know that Jesus went to the well and he saw her. And he very well knew who she was, but he didn't say, oh, stand back. That's that, that, that is not what he was 
about anyway. So he not only knew who she was, he ministered to her. And so while we have our own journeys, our own paths to take, we have our own salvation experiences so many times, we forget where we've been and what God has brought us through. And we get, for lack of a better word, we get clicked up in the church. But I I know that that may be someone else's experience, but I know that's not the experience for you, for our recapture audience, for those listening on uh, today and on this morning. Before we listen to our broadcast at 10 and 9 o'clock, the real estate program is on and those people are so full of energy and high energy and high messaging because they have something that they're wanting to get out to their audience. I listen, I listen every Saturday. So listen to that real estate program and then that stay on at 10 and listen to us. You say, why, why are you saying that? Because this is a culture on this particular program, on this particular radio station. This is a community. We are community of believers in the body of Christ. And so we have all these programs that are available to give information, to impact, to empower. And so in the body of Christ, there are some people that are shunning those that are not like us, but I know that's not you. And I'm so excited that you're on the journey and maybe you have to examine yourself and say, let me think, is that me? Is that me? That's because I, I get it. Um, We want to, it says, be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. We don't want to be in relationship with people that are not Christ followers, but we certainly want to be able to minister the hope of Jesus Christ to them. And so while I'm giving the information, I'm giving a, a gentle nudge, a gentle uh, reminder of who we are. Remember that in our lives, even that as we talk about, I got saved when I was 14 years old, grew up in Houston's fifth ward. But at 14 years old, I didn't have a, a lot of life experiences, right? But I still needed a Savior. Yes, I needed Christ in my life. I needed I needed salvation. And some people have gone through so many life experiences. And it's our jobs to walk with them on their journey. And so I am the Emotional Hope Coach. I'm the founder of the Patricia and Strange Diamond Celebration. A uh, lady, you said that last week, right? I'm saying it again. And we're talking about recovery and we're talking about those people that are maybe what we consider. Have you ever stopped to pause and consider and thought about the fact that there is someone that is struggling with addiction? It is someone that has. And you know what? When I speak, when I speak on this radio program, I'm really speaking from my own personal experiences. And I want to have a broader experience the way that you experience something or that addiction in your family or your life. Some people are functioning addicts and they think that that's okay. Well, I'm not like so-and-so, but God wants you to be set free on today. Right. And so in America, I'm just going to give you some, I have this time magazine article and it's talking about the science of addiction. And these are some, startling numbers. That's what they say. Startling figures. That's what they said. These numbers that I'm talking to you about is shocking, but it really isn't because the blood of Jesus can heal anything. Amen. 20 
more than 20 million Americans battle substance use disorder. 14.8 million are alcoholics. One in five high school students vape. So if there were like 100 high school students in a room, 20 of them vape. And so we have to have conversations with the people that are in our life, those people that we love, our young people. And we do have to, you know, guard the relationships that they are experiencing and disciple our children and disciple our youth. There's a lot going on. There's a lot on social media. There's a lot on YouTube and on on Netflix and everything that we're watching. I'm speaking from my own experience with my with my own teenage son and my preteen in my home that, you know, when we were growing up, excuse me, I have something in my throat. When we were growing up, we watched TV. Mm-mm. They're getting their entertainment from the Internet on those things. And it says one in five high schoolers vape. We have to protect our students. It says 560 people begin using methamphetamines every day, every day, every day. Somebody is starting to use drugs. Why? Because they don't have hope. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. 42% of participants in Alcoholic Anonymous remain sober after a year. Can we celebrate? We're talking about numbers here, but there's a reason for it. We're talking about the woman at the well. Yes, yes, the woman was at the well. She was doing all things. 42 participants in Alcoholic Anonymous remain sober after a year. That is an awesome thing. That's an awesome thing for someone to make a commitment to say that they're going to be sober. In my own journey, I, I, I struggle with overeating. And so for me, for a couple of weeks, oh, my God, were you listening in March? We was having our birthday party, our birthday shenanigans. We were going out, having fun. And that weekend after we celebrated all of our birthdays, my twin sister and I celebrated all month long. But my sister, Margaret, it was her birthday, too. And the weekend after we came back, I committed myself to healthier living. And so when someone is in a struggle with drinking they made a decision they're going to stop drinking. After one year, they're still sober. Every day is a journey. Every day is waking up, making a decision that I'm not going to drink today. Every day is a decision that I'm going to be healthy and do something healthy for myself. Taking walks, drinking more water, having fruits and vegetables. I made a decision for myself that I'm going to celebrate the things that I'm adding into my life. I'm adding exercise into my life. I'm adding more water into my life. I'm adding fruit and vegetables in my life. And so this past week I had my, my loves. I call my kids, my loves. I'm going to cook a couple of days. You, you pick a day, you pick a day. And so for my teenage son, my teenage son and my preteen son, I was in the kitchen with them. And guess what? This week we made nachos. And hot dogs. But because I was watching what I was eating the rest of the day, I could say, okay, we made a healthier version of these items. And I was able to add time in my day with my with my loves, with my sons. So I'm talking about recovery. I'm on a journey too. And I would say to you, pray for me. Pray for the Emotional Hope Coach on this journey. 
uh, I have never had anyone take food out of my mouth. But people that are struggling with weight issues and things of that nature, I've read stories that a person said a perfect stranger took food out of their hand and said, you don't need this. Um, mm, nope, you, that that's not appropriate. But I'm on a journey, too. And I said it out loud. And so pray for me. It says 20 people with alcohol use disorders. I'm back to the statistics. People with alcohol use disorders are 20, 23 more times likely to develop a gambling addiction. Last week I said something that um, Lady Val McRae, she said, it's not your fault, but it is your problem. Right. So supporting people on the recovery journey, you didn't do anything to cause what they're going through. But it is your problem as a society. We'll want to reach out and support people. 20% of people die from opioid overdose. 20% of people that die from the opioid overdose get them through a legal prescription. So it's not just someone in the outlier in the inner city, in the ghettos, in the back corners, making deals. People had experiences with back pain or a car accident or some legitimate for the legitimate reasons started taking pain medication and it's overtaking them. And not, not only that, they use, they succumb to that. 90% of adults with addiction began to use drugs before they were age 18. And so that is why it's so important to uh, be a source of support and strength for our young people and our youth group and our churches. When you, you're that person that you have that type of personality the strength of who you are, that you are able to minister to young people in a way that, oh, my God, it's the teenage years, and they're not trying to listen to nothing their mama's saying, but you can minister to and be a light and a witness and a beacon of hope for a young person. 137 Americans die every day from an opioid overdose, and that was according to... 2019 data, I want to share this with you because this is what my job is. If you or someone you know is struggling with an addiction, don't wait. Find treatment programs for drug addiction and alcoholism. And there's a website. It says www.findtreatment.samhsa.gov. And so find help. You can also dial 1-800-662-HELP. And so today we were, I'm going to be winding it up. We were talking about the woman at the well, and I was sharing that with you because she she was not accepted by society. A lot of times people that face a substance use disorder, they're not accepted by society. But guess who the lady was accepted by? She was accepted by Jesus Christ, and Jesus uh, changed her life. She ran off and started telling other people, there's a man that knows everything about me, and the people came to Christ. But ultimately, you know what the people said? They said, we came because of you, but now we stay because we know that the truth is real, that who we know who God is. Jesus is who he said he is. And so when you minister to someone, when we Stop giving people labels, forgive me, like have breeds or drug addict or crackhead. When we stop giving people those labels, and I know that's that's who you are, I'm encouraged by those people 
that are holding the hands of those that are on the journey, that are fighting uh, for their recovery. Uh, nobody's perfect, but we are here to help. We're here to be a support, to be a light and a witness, um, as it says, to be a light and a witness in dark places. And go ye therefore and be a witness, a Christ-centered witness, so that the woman who was at the well, who had five husbands, the man you with right now is not your husband, but Jesus changed her life, and she became a ministry and changed the lives of others. And so as we close down this broadcast that we are saying that we are a light and witness, I'm going to share this scripture with you, which is our attempt for the journey. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. I'm Donica. Thank you for joining. Thank you for joining us on this week's broadcast. My prayer is that you continue to grow, find peace, forgiveness, knowledge, and information. To learn more or connect with us, visit our website at the PSDiamondCelebration.com. Until next time.